Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Aaron Gordon here, and we are back here with the Aaron Gordon Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Welcome my special guest, Malik McMillan. How's everything been, man? Man, everything been good, bro. I'm blessed, man. I can't complain at all. So, man, just to let y'all know on my podcast, this is one of my three favorite teammates, man. So give a hand for him with that. But um, overall, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of different things just in terms of just, you know, playing in college, playing in high school, just, you know, going through the entire process, what it's like when you're done playing and, um, you know, doing new ventures. So overall, man, talk to us, man. How'd you get into basketball? Man, bro. So honestly, bro, I got into basketball. Um, I was playing football for a little while. I played uh, Pop Warner football here in Maryville. And uh, I remember one day I got a concussion. My mom, she wasn't going for it, bro. So <laughs> she, uh, you got to find something else to do. So basketball was just attractive, bro. At the time, I uh, I just dove right into it. And so the friends that was around me at the time, we always was playing basketball. I was at the local Boys and Girls Club here in Maryville. We would play basketball all the time. And so I'm like, yeah, this is something that is something I can get into. And so uh, just a little bit about my my basketball journey. I got cut seventh grade team. Uh, I got cut from the seventh grade team at Pierce Middle School. I was sick about it, bro. I was, I was hurt. I was hurt. I was in the locker room. I was crying, man. I was, I was mad. But I'm like, I'll never get cut again. So eighth grade year, I tried out, made the B team, barely played. Freshman year, high school, I got to Maryville High School. I broke my foot, so I didn't play freshman year. Sophomore year, played JV a little bit, came off the bench. Still was still kind of raw. Mm-hmm. I hit a growth spurt. I was about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Started kind of, you know, feeling my way in. Like, okay, I can see myself actually doing this. And then senior year, I kind of took off. I grew a couple of inches. But the whole time during the process, bro, I just I kept stacking up good days, bro. I just kept stacking up the work, stacking up the work. So eventually, man, I was blessed to, to get a scholarship to Valparaiso University. That's where I met OG. <laughs> history, bro. Rest is history. So so what do you think is the key? You think the key is stacking up good days. Like, so let's say you're in, you know, in middle school. What do you think is the key for, for kids to go from a kid who gets cut? Because, you know, we got, I got a lot of kids in, in, you know, my family's academy. And, um, you know, what do you think is the key from not making it in seventh grade all the way to, you know, being, you know, a most improved um, team in, in, you know, the Missouri Valley, one of the best mid-major conferences? Yeah, bro, it's, it's the consistency, man. Finding you a, a regiment, a routine, something that you can you can really stick to. Um, and just being faithful, man. Being faithful to the grind, being faithful to the adversity, embracing it all. Like, what you do in the dark comes to light all the time. Mm-hmm. So steady, stacking good days. You putting in that time, you putting in that effort. Eventually, you're going to start passing them dudes up that, you know, you're going to start passing players up that was ahead of you at the time. So, just being consistent with your effort and, and, you know, having fun with it too. At the end of the day, it's it's a journey, man. It's not meant to be easy. But if you yeah. if you fall in love with doing the uncomfortable things, eventually you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna figure out like it's yeah. it's well worth it. So, what do you think getting cut, you know, did to you mentally? Like, because I know, like, do you feel like it was necessary for you to de- to become the player today, or did you feel like you were always kind of just destined, like? I know it's a twofold question, but, you know, I know some people that, you know, they look at different things in different ways. How how did you view, view that moment? Man, it's a great question, bro. Honestly, bro, I think that just, that made my determination much more strong. Like, it, 
me getting cut that feeling of not being good enough i didn't want to have that feeling no more i yeah. never wanted to experience that feeling again so it was like i'm gonna hit the ground running every chance i get an opportunity to prove that i'm the best to prove that you know i'm worth it i made it be known so i think that i think that had a lot to do with it and just you know um just my belief in self like going against that adversity all the time it's like you you in a constant uh you know battle with yourself and it's like man I gotta get better I gotta get better I gotta get better you know so I got caught up in the involvement of it all rather than you know feeling defeated and so I use I use I try to use every every ounce of adversity as as motivation and so I mean I could say maybe it was destined a little bit but yeah I also felt like I was the master of my fate at the end of the day and so the work that I put towards it allowed me to manifest you know, me being a, a, a division one college basketball player and eventually to a pro. So what was it like when you stepped foot into Maryville? I mean, obviously most of you guys don't know Maryville is a powerhouse um, of a school. I mean, you're looking at one of the top, you know, 10, 15, you know, athletic programs in the state, you know, what was it like going in there, um, you know, somewhat being cut um, in seventh grade and, and, you know, being on the B team, what was that entire experience like? Man, I always felt like the underdog, bro. Like, I always felt like I had something to prove. And so a lot of the guys that a lot of my friends that I was with at the time, they were like, they were known on the basketball scene as far as like Maryville and AAU and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I was the one that was playing catch up. So I'm like, man, I always felt like I got to outwork them. Yeah. I got to outwork them. Like, yeah, we cool. We cool off the court, but on the court, bro, you got to feel me. You got to feel me. And so I end up developing a, a different attachment for the game, bro. It's like, I'm putting in so much work. I know I got a break. And so walking into Maryville as a freshman, bro, I had no expectations. I had no expectations. I went in. I'm like, man, I'm going to just try as hard as I can. I'm going to work as hard as I can. And so it's a funny story I want to share with you, man. Me and uh, Coach Lux, it's a great guy right there. Um, mm -hmm. One of my mentors, somebody that I look up to. Um my freshman year, so the the Maryville locker room is divided, like it's varsity on this side. So we have varsity as closest to the coach's office, JV on this side. So it's like a locker room. It's a locker right here, varsity, JV, and then freshman on this side, all the yeah. way where you you never see coach. You can't even see coach's office from the freshman place. Yeah. And so I, I was sitting in there. I was sitting on the varsity side. And he like, what you doing, freshman? He's like, you ain't supposed to be over here. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna be sitting in this seat playing for you one day. And so it was funny, bro. We always talk about that, but it was <laughs> like, I was, I was already putting it out there. Like I was already putting it out there. Like I'm gonna be here one day. And surely enough, man, I, uh, I was blessed to sit in that, sit in that seat on the bar city side and, and play for a coach like that. So it was good. What was it like being, you know, being number one in the state at one point, you know, winning sectionals um, and, you know, being in some really, really good battles just throughout your high school years? You know, what was that like playing with multiple other, um, you know, Division One players, actually a couple in the Missouri Valley? What was that entire process like? Because not that many guys can say, like, I played with two other dudes that, you know, played D1 in high school. Yeah, bro. Practices were so competitive, bro. Like, you would think it was a college practice, bro. Like, yeah. every day we were competing like like no other, bro. We would compete in the weight room. We would compete on the court. It was just – it was so competitive, bro. That's where I, I kind of gained my competitive nature from, bro. So, 
we had we had DJ Wilkins who Drake. We had Jerry Stevens who played at IPFW. Played at um, he played at uh, I think played at a couple Division ones. Mm-hmm. We had Marcel Cherry, bro. We had um, Johnny Bernard. We had Cameron Wilbon, Jonah Jackson. Um, we had a bunch of players, bro, go D one, and so those are just some of the some of the top guys that were in my class at that time, and that was above me. And bro, it was it was hell, bro. It was hell. Yeah. Like we really got after it. And, and Coach Lux always raised the standard. He like, man, kill these young dudes. We were the young dudes at the time. He like, man, y'all gotta kill them every single day. Kill them, kill them. And so we end up just taking that on. Like that made us killers, bro. And so yeah. it was just, it was a real competitive environment, bro. So what was your recruitment process? Like, I know you, uh, obviously, personally, I do, but for someone who doesn't really know your story, like, what was your recruitment process? Like, I know you grew a lot um, going into your junior year. So what was, you know, what was it like? Because I know everybody's recruitment process is a little different. Yeah, bro. So for me, um, I wasn't getting recruited until my senior year of high school. Yeah. My, My senior summer. It was like senior summer, like early. Actually, no, I didn't get my first scholarship until the beginning of my senior year. And so my AAU process was like my 15U year. I played for um, just a club team here in, in Gary, Indiana. And it was good for me. It was good for me. It was kind of where I got my competitive nature for the game mm-hmm. from. Um, Midwest, it was called Midwest Stars. I played with them. It was good for me. Then my next year, I played for another uh, region team, Um Cannot remember the name of that team, but it was with Petey, uh, Bo, Cam. Um, it was a a few guys from the area. It was a it was a region team, so I played with them. That was good. I kind of start kind of feeling my way, like where I was kind of at as far as like people that's in my region, where I was kind of matching up against with the people in my region. Yeah. Like, you know, just who was who was the best. And then my 17-year year, I played with the Illinois Wolves uh, Under Armour circuit team. Yeah. And that, I really was, like, exposed to, like, high-level basketball as far as AAU circuit. Like, it was it was killers. It was some killers there. <laughs> so, uh, going there and seeing that, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this is, this is what it really looked like. And so um, I ended up leaving them. And going to Indiana Elite um, second team was where I met Coach Kristoff. Yeah. Um, and I ended up playing for him and his father. And uh, that was when I really started getting exposure. I started getting exposure there to kind of – people was kind of seeing my talent. They was like, man, he tall. Oh, he can shoot it a little bit, post up a little bit, got a motor. And so I had went to a camp actually in Indianapolis, bro. I went to a camp in Indianapolis. It was the um, – In the gym hoops? In the gym hoops camp. Yeah. It was the gym hoops camp. And I was supposed to go to that, but I was I think I was actually out of town. Yeah, bro. And that's yeah. that's when my recruitment, my recruitment took off there. So mm-hmm. my first offer was from my first offer was from Kansas, Kansas City. UMKC. It was from UMKC. Mm-hmm. That was my first offer. My second offer was from Eastern Illinois. And then my third offer was from Valparaiso University. And so I ended up signing early. That um the beginning of my senior year, stayed home, hometown kid, stayed home, home. And so uh that was the decision I made, bro. So what was it like when you first arrived at Valpo? Man, uh 
it was different, bro. It was a, it was, it was a culture shock for me, bro. Yeah. Uh, just being from Maryville, I'm around a lot of, um, I'm around a lot of, you know, people from the culture, people from the culture, a lot of black yeah. people. And so being around going to Valparaiso. And it's only like a 15 minute drive. It's not like, yeah, it's and it's, like yeah, bro, but it's a totally, it's a totally different dynamic. Yeah. It's a totally different dynamic, bro. And so being around other races, being in, 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 it's a private school too. So it yeah. was like, it was a culture shock for me, bro. I was like, man, this is, this is different. Like, I remember when I got there, like people that I would talk to, they were like, man, you talk, you talk aggressive. I'm like, <laughs> damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was like, it was like, that's what I'm used to, bro. So it was like, kind of understanding and just learning like you know being able to to relate to different cultures being able to accept cultures for for who they are and you know be able to to find a common ground as far as like okay how can I better communicate how can I come off you know and not change who I am as a person but being able to confide and be able to have productive conversations so that you know I can I can excel, bro. And so I think going going from that, going from Maryville to going to Valpo helped me in, in a bunch of ways. So I mean, I get this question a lot, man. And you know, obviously playing at Valpo. Um, the two questions I get most was like, what was the tournament run like for you? Um, because I get that question a, a lot. What was that tournament, you know, run like for you? And um what was it like playing through COVID? Those are the two questions I get, like, out of all the questions I get from, like, Planet Valpo, those are the two questions I probably get most. So I'm going to hand those questions off to you since I get those, like, literally, like, every other week. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I'm going to start off with that tournament run, bro. Yeah. You know, that was, that was something special, bro. It was like we started clicking finally at the end yeah. of the year started clicking at the end of the year we had grabbed a, a, a couple good wins towards the end of the year i remember we almost set a a, a record for valparaiso history uh three points three points made in a one game against bradley when we played yeah. them at the house we were just we were we were the whole year i felt like that year we were like we were like right there on the border like we was like right there we were figuring out yeah we were figuring out and then we would lose some close games. And then we had a bunch of we had a bunch of young dogs who were really good. We had Donovan Clay at Missouri State. We had being Cricky, just won our first team all MVC. Yeah. You know, we had Zion, Nick, Javon, you know, who's playing for um Chicago Bulls, G League. Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of players, bro. We had John Kaiser, Ryan Vizikas. And so we had the talent. The talent was never the question. It was just how can we get everything to jail? And so I felt like in that tournament run, we just went balls to the wall, bro. Like we yeah, left everything out. We left, we emptied the tank, bro. We left everything out there. And so that first game, Evansville, that was a close game, bro. Yeah, that was a close game, man. That was a close game, bro. Like people don't realize that, like that year, like everyone talked about, like how bad Evansville was. I mean, they've had they had multiple coaching changes. They they had. Literally four coaches in that one year. They beat Kentucky that year. Um, I don't think people get them that credit that year. Like they were a tough team. Like it's funny because we beat them all three games. But you want to know how many the, the the differential was? We beat them by a total of three points all year. Every single game we only beat them by one point. Exactly. Exactly. That's crazy. That's crazy, bro. And so 
Evansville had nothing to lose. Yeah. Going into, and they were the last seed, I believe. Yeah, we were, and, we were seventh. They were 10th. Yeah. And so a game like that is like tough. What's your what's your approach going into that? It's like if you lose that game, it's like it it, it takes away all momentum. And so we end up getting past that game. Then we had the big test the next yeah. day, Loyola. And yeah. if that game, that game to me was just the epitome of our season, bro. Like yeah. we just gonna fight. We just gonna fight. We're we gonna keep fight. Fighting. We're going to keep fighting, bro. Because we were down, dude. When you – here's the thing. Like, it's funny. Like, I haven't even rewatched that game, like, because I was the type of dude, like, once that season was over, it was COVID. So, like, I didn't – I was just like, man, I'm just chill. I'm not going to watch no film. I didn't know if we were going to even play next year. But, like, that game, like, I remember being – we were down by, like, 18. But, like, <laughs> like 13 minutes left. I'm sitting back here like, dang. I'm like, hey, this how we going out? <laughs> yeah, bro. We kept persevering, bro. We just showed our resilience at the perfect time, bro. Yeah. And I knew, I knew, I knew if we won that game, I'm like, bro, we're gonna make it to the championship. Game, yeah. Bro. I knew if if we could beat past Loyola, we was gonna win the rest. So, man, we got past Loyola. And then here's the thing: I don't think people understand how good that Missouri State team was that we beat. Oh, that bro. You that gotta Missouri, remember, Tulio was, was on that team, and I just yeah. played this Tulio DeSilva in the in the um in the in the uh, FIBA International Cup, and he's doing well. Like, and I'm like, damn, you was on that team too. Like, they were good. They had the one dude. He ended up playing in the uh with the Charlotte Hornets preseason. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, they had a lot of players. They had a ton of players. For real, bro. And that's what I'm saying, bro. It was like we always had, we had the talent, bro. We had the talent to go far that year. Yeah, it was getting everything to 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 work for itself. Yeah. And so I I think when that tournament came and Vaughn, Vaughn wasn't feeling that well either. Yeah. The first couple games. So it's like yeah. we just had to figure it out. But man, that tournament round bro was special, bro. It, it took everything out of us, bro. But I think the most important thing was that we found that camaraderie, bro. Yeah. Like we sold out. We yeah, bought, we, we completely bought in. We completely bought in, bro, during that tournament run. Everybody bought in, bro, from the from the managers, from the last player on the bench, bro. Everybody yeah. bought in. And so a tournament run was special, bro. I wish we wouldn't have ran out of gas in that last yeah, game. we ran out of gas. I, I, out you of- know what? I say this. If we play three games, I mean, if we play two games before that game, I think we win. But playing three and then that fourth one on Sunday was tough. And Bradley was Bradley was good too. You wanna know the you wanna know the craziest get the, the craziest thing, uh leak? It was funny because you know Kevin Harlan actually did that game. That was his that was his second last college game that he actually called. He called one in the tournament after that. Yeah, that was the second last college game, and he did the NBA playoffs after that. See, man, it was meant to be, bro. It was meant to be because you know what's so funny. We were talking so much before about like how amazing that is. Like for him to call that game and he actually called that game and I didn't realize that until you go back and like you see and you hear some of the highlights because I didn't look at the Bradley game either but yeah. when you hear the highlights of it it's Kevin Harlan in the background and Chris that's Weber. Iconic. that's iconic bro yeah it's iconic man and it can't get no better but let's get to plan through COVID because I get this question a lot what was COVID like you know plan through COVID like for you I mean obviously I know we talked it we talked about it a couple of different times but what was it like for you Man, bro, COVID was 
Probably was rough to play through, bro. Honestly. Yeah. How rough was it to go to school? Like, man, like, I know it's, like, I think people got to understand, like, COVID was a different sort of beast. Like, yeah. going to school, playing, you know, just interacting with people. What was it like for you? So, for me, bro, going into that summer, bro, I was just working relentlessly, bro, because I had a so-called breakout year the year before yeah. my junior year where I, I played really well. So, my mentality going into the year is, like, it's my year. Like senior year, it's my year to really, to really show the world who I am. And mm -hmm. so going that year, bro, I was just grinding, bro. I'm grinding. I'm working out. And I really, I wouldn't say I wasn't taking care of my body, but I wasn't giving my body enough chance to rest. That's so yeah. just mentally and physically, bro, I was drained by yeah. the time preseason came, bro. And so I remember I ended up getting a, a, a little, like, uh, a little stress fracture in my back. Mm -hmm. I was just going so hard, bro. And so um, when that came, I put on some, put on a couple pounds, bro. And then COVID hit. Yeah. And COVID was a beast, bro. Yeah. Oh, was I ended up getting COVID. I ended up catching COVID that year. And oh, everybody did on our team all at yeah. the same time. Yeah, bro. And but people don't understand really just how how things went. Like you had to be in quarantine for fourteen yeah, like days. Like, that was the toughest thing. That's the thing that I think a lot of people don't didn't look at when it came to quarantining back then because it wasn't there was no protocol really. It was just if you catch right. COVID, you around someone COVID, you stay in the house for 14 days. And one thing that people don't realize is like with an athlete's body, it's not that you're not playing for 14 days, it's that you're sitting for 14 days, and then you got to go back into playing at that level. I don't think people understand, like in mentally, like when they see okay, they're not playing. In their mind, they're still thinking, okay, they're probably still, you know, working out, running, you know, handling, you know what I'm saying? No, yeah. we're not doing that. We're literally just sitting on the couch because we can't move. We can't go anywhere. So, like, right. even that stuff that, you know, you go home and you do your little plyometrics, that's all you can do, to, the band work or whatever, that's not anything. Like, when yeah. you're out, you're out. Yeah, bro. And I think for me, it was around a time where I really was like, I feel like COVID kind of gave me some extra, like, anxiety in a, in, a, in a sense to where we didn't we didn't really have that much information about what it was yeah in, and so like for me it was like well what's the next steps for me moving forward is this something that can be fatal is this something that can have long-lasting effects is yeah. like I was just thinking I'm just thinking about all of this you know things yeah. that could wrong bro and so just having all of that stress built up in my mind it was affecting my body too bro so it was like that year was just rough bro that year was rough bro. and just us having a just we were quarantined we were quarantined before i remember before we played uh vanderbilt bro some we of us quarantined. had practiced yeah we hadn't practiced bro yeah we hadn't practiced with the full team at all like we literally going in there i mean we had our team but we, had, we didn't really practice. Like, it's crazy. Like, some of the freshmen, like Connor and Shelton, I'm looking, I'm like, dude, we we y'all haven't even really practiced with us. Like, at least, like, you know, some of the other guys, like, we don't play. I'm like, dude, yeah. no one's even really played with Connor or Shelton that much. Like, it's crazy. Like, we went into that season with a lot of the freshmen who were playing a lot. And I'm like, man, like, we haven't even really practiced together. Yeah, bro. So, and just just being able to get through that season was just enough for me. Like yeah, that was a tough year it, to get through. Man. Yeah, bro. It was it was it was it was extremely tough, bro. It was extremely tough on on and even just finishing school, bro. Like 
you couldn't go face to face. Everything was online. It was like yeah. if you needed help with with class, it was just a different world. It was a different world, bro. And it was we hadn't seen anything like that yeah. before. You and so nothing like that. Yeah, we had seen nothing like that before. So for me, bro, I would say it was just one of them seasons I had to get through rather than really trying to hone in on the season and just be, you know, producing. I, I didn't produce well that season at all, bro. And uh, it's no fault. It's no fault of anybody's. Bro. Yeah, nobody. Just- I, I mean, I've spoken with that to, to a lot of different people, man. Like that year was a tough year, man. Like, honestly, yeah. like I say this all the time. We like I think the entire we should have probably just shut down that year. Like it yeah. was it was I think by mid-January, we should just pack it in. Yeah, bro. <laughs> we should just pack it in. Yeah, it was a lot going on, bro. Yeah. So what was that move like to, to Western? I mean, obviously we did, but like someone who doesn't know, like what was that move like to, to go to Western and, and and you know to go over there and you know for yourself to have a really good season? Yeah, bro. Western was a blessing, bro. Blessing in yeah. disguise. I would say that um not too far. Yeah, not too far, only two hours away from the crib. Um, it was a blessing for me, bro. It's funny too, because me playing for Christoph in yeah. high school kept those same relationships, you know, kept a relationship with him. And he was an assistant coach at Western. So that was, it was perfect for when I was ready to leave Valparaiso. And, um, yeah. Huge shout out to Valpo, man. Valpo is, is definitely a part of me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Western was, Western was different, bro. It was kind of my first time actually being, having a real college experience. Yeah, like, a, co- like a college campus yeah. experience. Because yes. I think we all know that, you know, Valpo is an international school. It's mm-hmm. a school where a lot of people are commuting. It's, you know, it's not a full campus, I would say. Um, right. When you go to those schools like Western Michigan, I mean, you have 20,000 people that are living on campus. This isn't, you know, this isn't a commuter school. Like, people are living on campus. And I know that that brought a different atmosphere to you. Because I know when I went from Seton Hall to, to Valpo, I knew it was a different experience. But, I, you know, from Western to, to, from, to Valpo, it's definitely got to be much different. Yeah, bro. It was uh first time me going to like football games where it's like a stadium. Yeah. You know, tailgating, like they, they run out on the horse for the football game. I'm like, bro, this is this is nuts. <laughs> like this yeah. is crazy, bro. And so like uh having black fraternities, you know, there being like a downtown area, um, you know, with Chicago only being an hour, thirty minutes, two hours away, um, Detroit being two hours away, Grand Rapids being forty five minutes away, like I was really kind of able to venture out and see different things, bro. Um, yeah. And just being at being at Western Michigan, bro. Um, the staff was the staff was phenomenal, bro. I've uh, made it some I've made some really good relationships with staff member there, um, and I grew there. I grew there just as a person. Um, I matured mm-hmm. there. I felt like um, with me being a fifth year, bro, it was like I was there to bring value to the team. So it was like whatever, whatever I was doing, whatever I was good at at the time is like, all right, how can I bring value to this unit? And so it was kind of different from being at Valpo and being at Western with me being at Valpo. It was like I had been there. I had kind of established myself. You know, mm-hmm. I was still growing when I got to Western. It was like, all right, Lee, what do you do? Well, how can you maximize your time here? You know, what is it that you do? Well, be there, do it. And then I had to, I had to be a mentor too, bro. So I had a lot. Yeah. Of, I had a lot of young dogs under me who was, you know, looking up to me, and so it just made me more mature, bro, as a person. Uh, you know, just 
finding a routine that worked best for me. Um, but also having fun at the same time, bro, getting out into the community, bro, going to football games, tailgating, um, meeting different fraternities, you know, um, going out to the different cities and just experiencing mm -hmm. more than Indiana. I had been in Indiana all my life. So having a chance to go to Michigan and just kind of see a different state and just see how the culture was different was was a blessing. And so a little story, I was going pro this summer. I was going pro this summer. Oh yeah, so let's 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 go right into that because I was gonna talk about so what's the process been like since you've been out of college? Yeah, bro. So for those who don't know, I uh I blew my knee out this summer um training. And so I was about to head. I had I had four contract offers. Um I had a couple offers overseas and I had Cavaliers G League. And so um I blew my knee out a week before signing my contract. And so I'm like, man. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. You know, I'm like, what I'm going to do next? And so uh, my first thought was like, all right, bro, you can't just sit around. So I'm like, you know what? Let me try to get back into school because I had already started on my master's degree my fifth year. So I'm yeah. like, let me, let me get back into school. And so God willingly, bro, I was able to get back in school. So I got back enrolled in school, was able to work on my master's. But I'm like, man, I need a way. I need to find a way to pay for it. Yeah. So uh, I was sitting in the gym one day. The the new class that was coming in, uh, the freshmen, all the returners, they were coming in and they were having like open gyms. You know how the summer goes. Yeah. And so the new senior associate director of Broncos Empowered, which is a new department within our athletics at Western Michigan, his name is Julian Jones. Great person. Great. He's a great mm -hmm. brother. And so he he comes in, he's watching, and he like, man, what's up with you? I'm like, man, I just I just blew my knee out, bro. I'm like, I'm just I'm chilling right now. I'm trying to figure out something to do. I'm trying to get back into school. And so lo and behold, bro, this dude is the same dude who just got hired to be the senior associate athletic director at at, at Western, and he was looking for a graduate assistant, bro. So I'm like, bro, this is crazy, <laughs> bro. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, this is crazy, bro. And so we end up chopping it up. Um, we got that done. And so now I'm currently rehabbing my knee. I'm seven months post-surgery. Um, I'm back jogging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, starting to get back on the court, do some workouts, do some shooting workouts. Um, I'm taking my time with it. But most importantly, bro, I'm I'm getting out into the community, bro. I, I work for Western Michigan as a community service outreach coordinator. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's my job as a graduate assistant in the athletic department. So I get out into the community, bro. I work with nonprofit organizations. I create um, opportunities for student athletes to to get out into the community and just build their brand, bro. Um, mm -hmm. That was that's that's one of the um, main goals that we try to do with Broncos Empowered. Um, Julian Jones, he's a he's a master in professional development, student athlete professional development, bro, and so. He's done a phenomenal job, and that's that's my part of being a team. And so what I've noticed is the same things that I've learned from the game of basketball translate exactly to, to the business world, bro. It's yeah. the same. It's the same thing. It's just I'm not going in lacing up my shoes to play. You know, I'm not putting on a jersey. Mm -hmm. I'm putting on a tie, you know. But it's the same goal. It's, it's, it's camaraderie. It's teamwork. It's, it's performance. It's producing. You know what I'm saying? And so 
me being able to be in that space has allowed me to grow. Um, it has allowed me to grow, bro. It's, you know, it's giving me some, some business etiquette is giving me some business experience, some professional experience that when I'm done playing, bro, I feel like this is something I, I would love yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's good, man. I always feel like, man, that's the key is to, to always, you know, try to attack what you like and what you enjoy. Cause I feel like people do best and what they, you know, like and enjoy. So before we get off, man, you know, I always got, you know, two things that we always got to chop up and do. Um, You know, first question is, is, you know, what what would you tell yourself? What advice would you have to anybody that's going through any circumstance that, you know, you went through or just anything in life? Um, Any words of wisdom? And, you know, we got this game that we got to do. But before we do all that, we I just going to let y'all know. There's a reason why I didn't bring up our uh, our Canada trip, like how I, how I <laughs> would have. Because we're going to do a whole, here's the thing, we're going to do a whole separate podcast just on a Canada trip. Yeah, because no. not, in, in all seriousness, I do think that people have to understand what's on that north border is amazing. And like going to Montreal, that's not a city that a lot of people talk about because there's no pop culture. It's very, um, you know, Europeanized. Um, it doesn't have the same flair as a, a Vancouver and obviously not like a Toronto but Montreal was a, an amazing place. And I definitely want to chop it up with somebody who was there with me when we were there. So um, we got to do a, a, just a separate podcast on that. We're actually going to have some clips, um, some unseen footage, not the seen footage that y'all seen on my YouTube channel. Some of the other footage uh, that, you know, I've got of, of us, you know, while we were out there. So uh, be tuned in for that. But either way, let's get right to it. What would you, what advice or or we you know what, you know, Pretty much, yeah. What, what advice do you have for anybody that, you know, is going through your situation? Yeah, bro. Um, first and foremost, I would say, you know, believe in yourself, man. You know, understanding the laws of the universe, you know, understanding, you know, the laws of extreme confidence, the laws of belief, um, you know, doubling down, bro, really, really doubling down and betting on yourself, bro. Spending some time to isolate yourself and, and you know, understand knowledge of self. Who am I? You know, how can I continue to be resilient? How can I continue to maximize my experiences in whichever circumstance that I've been given? You know, you got to deal with the cards that you've been dealt. So understanding that, understanding that things take time. Patience is a virtue, literally, like mm -hmm. things take time. So just having faith in the most high God, you know, and really believing it, you know, really believing in what it is that you you believe that you can do. Man, that's dope, man. Much appreciated. So I got one game. All right, bet. It's going to be 30 questions. It's, it's a yes or no. Well, not yes or no, but a this or that type question. So right. I got 30. I honestly think my over-under would be 22. And I said that specifically for you. Now, I normally <laughs> fail on these, but actually my last podcast uh, guest, Rebecca, she was the first person I got over. So I think I should be pretty good with, with uh, Malik on this one. All right. So, so here we go. First question. Vacation or staycation? Vacation. Netflix or Hulu? Mm, Hulu. Ooh. Night or morning? Night. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich famous. <laughs> Passenger <laughs> or driver? Driver. Art museum or history museum? Art museum. Car or bike? Car. Train or airplane? Airplane. 
You have to owe someone money or you, you have to owe someone a favor? Mm, owe someone a favor. Yeah. Uh, coffee or tea? Tea. Be embarrassed or be afraid? Be embarrassed. City or countryside? Mm, city. Smartphone or tablet? Smartphone. I know I'm going to get this next one right. Wine or beer? Wine. <laughs> camping or glam or glamping? I don't even know what glamping is. I would say I would say camping. Cooking or being cooked for? Cooking. Uh out uh roommates or live alone? Roommates. Attend a party or host a party? Host it. Lose sleep or skip a meal? Skip a meal. Now this one I know I this is gonna be a tough one. Hang out with little kids or hang out with old folks. Oh, <laughs> I like getting wisdom, bro. I'm gonna hang out with the old heads. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sweating or shivering? Sweating. Ambitious or comfort? Ambitious. Sneakers or dress shoes? Sneakers. Fiction or nonfiction? Fiction. Cash or credit? Credit. Espresso or drip coffee? Mm, I'm going to go drip coffee. Hot coffee or iced coffee? Iced coffee. Um, reality show or documentary? Documentary. Red wine or white wine? Red wine. All right, this is a big one. I'm already over, but this is a big one. Salad or sandwich? Sandwich. <laughs> All right. Hey, out of the 30, I got 24 right, so that's pretty good. Yeah, okay, OG. You that's know pretty good. Got 20, you hey, know I got 24 out of 30. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. Yes, sir. I only missed, I only messed up on roommates or live alone. I messed up on car or bike, because I know that you love riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. Um, I messed up on Netflix or Hulu. Definitely thought you were a Netflix guy. And I messed up on which one was it? Uh hang out with little kids or old folks, but you know, I know you like both. So it is like yeah, I love, you yeah, like I being love, OG, love, love. you like being the young G around the OG. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I I'll, I'll let that one go. Well, you know, 24 out of 30 is not bad. But either way, thanks y'all for tuning in, man. This was definitely one of my favorite podcasts. It was a shorter one. But, you know, that just means that we got another one coming here soon. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Malik. Let everyone know where they can follow you at. Man, you guys can follow me on Instagram at OGLeak22. Um, TikTok, OGLeak22. Um, and I'll be getting my Twitter and everything updated. So <laughs> I don't have, I'm not on that right now. But uh, Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at OGLeak22. All right, for sure, man. Thanks for, uh, for joining in, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro.